This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or be on blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. You start learning. If you're talking about family law, go and learn the law. It's there. Google it. Just type in Family Law Act of 1975. It's there. Read it. Yep. It's black and white, and it is not actually gender bias. No. That changed a few years ago. When my story started, it was gender bias. Yeah. That got changed. The interpretation of it is gender bias, um, and boy, oh boy, do I, I've had a lot of arguments about that one. But mm. um, the reality is, if, you, if you're going to dive into anything in life, can't, go and learn the facts. Yeah. Is yeah. the only advice I'll ever give anyone, because the th- steps that I took to get through what I went through isn't what you need to do. Yeah. Your situation's going to be a little bit different. Hello, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of our podcast. Uh, here at How You Going, mate? My name is Adam, uh, as always. Um, I'm a, some of the voices you hear here in the podcast. Uh, but, of course, uh, a, a massive thank you again, as we do every single week, uh, to all of you that are listening all over the world. Um, our podcast, uh, I guess it's simple. Uh, we want to talk about mental health, but we want to talk about the ways people are recovering from mental health issues, uh, building and working on their resilience, and, and living their lives um, with a mental health issue. And and hopefully people get something out of this. Hopefully they take something away. And that, that's the whole aim of our our podcast. So I'm really happy to get great feedback. I know Cara got some fantastic feedback about last fortnight's podcast, the um, mental health weight loss and cheerleading, and uh, it had a, a big effect on a lot of people. So really good to, to see people um, getting in touch with Cara and letting her know. And and a couple of people even got in touch with me, which was really lovely. Um, so this week's and don't forget you can do that on on Facebook, on you can do that on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn as well. Um, Happy for you to PM us and or DM us or whatever the terminology is um, if you want to uh, get in contact with us directly and, and, and chat, have a chat or even want to have a, you know, talk about being on the show. Uh, this week's episode is um, is pretty exciting. A lot of people think we're a men's mental health podcast uh, and we're not a men's mental health podcast. Um, I just happen to have a lot of male friends that appear on the show, but um, we do try and uh, run the gamut of mental health conditions, and we do try and have a pretty diverse audience when it comes to mental health. We don't just talk about men's mental health. Uh, but we have had a little bit of a, I guess, a run of females lately, run of ladies lately, which is great. It's fantastic that we get that that insight um, into into women's mental health uh, or into a woman's experience of mental health, I probably should say. Uh, but we um, this week, we've got uh, a man. We've got Graham from Family Crisis Support. Now, that's not all he does, Graham. As you'll hear, does a whole range of things. He's run for parliament. He's um, he works full time, um, but a, a lot of what he does, and I guess the thing I really wanted to talk to him about was the work he's doing with men who are, uh, uh, I guess, survivors of um, domestic violence. Uh, men who are um, being separated from their children, who are being denied access to their children, and men who are, are struggling and and in some cases suffering um, as a result of separation and divorce. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, attention given to uh, females experiencing this problem, women experiencing this problem, and, and, and absolutely that should be happening. Um, there's no denying that. But I don't think a lot of people see that, that men can also be uh, victims in this instance and, and can also have really horrible experiences with that. So I'm really happy to have this conversation with Graham. Uh, as, you, as you'll hear in the podcast a little bit, He's also he has uh, lived experiences of this himself. Um, as do I, it's something that's really close to my heart, it's something that is, of course, um, part of my mental health story, uh, separation and divorce and, and access to children. So um, this one was a really good one. This was a personal one for me, and I, I was really happy to have this conversation with Graham and really happy to, to be able to talk to him about 
um, about marriage, about mental health. And um, I don't know that we had a lot of a conversation, a little bit. Uh, he touched on, you hear a little bit about his community service background, but more importantly, um, we got a good chance to have a bit of a chat about the footy afterwards, which is always good in my book. So please sit back, enjoy. Don't forget to let us know what you think. Leave us your feedback on, on Facebook or on Instagram or on LinkedIn. But in the meantime, let's ask Graham the question. Graham, how you going, mate? Going very well. <laughs> That's good. Um, now, I, I I will do an introduction before this, but I don't like. I'll do a little bit at the top. But let me let's get let's do something different for this one. Let's get I'll get you to introduce yourself because as I just joked, you politician and a retail person for thirty years. I think you can. <laughs> I still laugh at the fact people call me a politician. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were a political candidate. Is yeah. is that more uh, the no? The term of politicians is someone having a go and. I had a go and it cost me a lot of money and no, I didn't get paid. <laughs> and, um, no, yeah. no, kick, no kickbacks? No, no, no <laughs> the cleanest politician and the most hard-working politician you find. There you go, there's the politician. In. <laughs> yeah. So the, the first question I always ask people is, um, what does mental health mean to you? Mental health means a lot of things based on my experiences. Mental health just means am I okay with who I am? Yeah. And just... Getting up in the morning, how do I feel the other day? Yeah. That's uh, that's what mental health means to me, but more, more so people around me. Yeah. And who are, in my, you know, people that I consider part of my life, you know, whether it's five minutes in a week or, you know, people I live with, mm-hmm. um, that's my mental health. Okay. Okay. We we talked a bit off air about, um, about your experiences. And as I said to you, the purpose of this isn't about getting people to read you know, relive those horrible experiences. It's very much about how we came back from those. But your focus is is in very firmly around men's mental health. Yep. And and working with men. Tell us a little bit about that and, and where that came from. Um, look, I think history's got to be you know talked about a little bit, and I'll, I might just go over it quickly. Um, so I'm one of six kids, uh, Catholic family, Western Sydney. Yep. Uh, grew grew up in a place called Old Tungabbey. Yep. Uh, went to uh, school at Greystones. Yep. Catholic school. Uh, five boys, one girl. Um, you know, uh, mum, dad. Dad's family Scottish, mum's Irish. Yeah, I was um, going to say Irish Catholic. That's a bit yeah, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So McFarlane's <laughs> Scottish, mum's McCormick. So that's the Smith of the Irish. Yep. Um, also run the um, one of the guys that runs the McCormick family reunion. We're in three continents. So, <laughs> um, and I think what what the message there is on. Just before my 13th birthday, Dad passed away. Yeah. And um, Dad was a very communi- community-orientated person. Mm. And for us, we didn't know any different. We, that was just Dad. Mm. We didn't know life any different to what it was. And I think his funeral was probably a stamp on our life because uh, there would have been standing room only, 600-plus people inside a church in Wentworthville. Mm. There was people outside. Uh, myself and my brother was in the Army Cadets. There was over 200 cadets outside doing... Um, uh, you know, watching the hearse go past at, at standing attention, saluting. Um, massive community. And Dad was involved in a lot of things. So he was the president of the cricket club. Yeah. Dad was also the region, um, the ARL at the time, for New South Wales Rugby League. He was the referee. Yep. So we grew up with people wanting to be referees in Rugby League, coming to our house and we'd sit around the table watching these men learn how to be referees. Yeah. So my brothers and I probably would know the game better than most mm. just because we've been taught by the, yeah. the, the leaders. Um, we we all played uh, rugby league for our local school up ever since the age of uh, six or ten. Mum mm. made us play tennis because that was her thing instead of the cricket. So yep. in summer we'd be you know playing cricket from six, six o'clock in the morning, yeah. ten to six o'clock in the morning, get home for breakfast and then cricket all day Saturday. Dad was the St. Vincent de Paul uh, volunteer. Yeah. Uh, I grew up um, doing house drop-offs for food. Yeah. I don't know anything different. You yeah. know, I was Dad's uh, second person as we're dropping off food to people in need. Yeah. Um, we would live in the back of St. Vincent de Paul uh, building while Dad was doing uh, furniture runs to people in need and we'd yeah. be in the big warehouse. So, yeah, a big important part of our life. And then within minutes, um, heart attack, gone. Mum by herself, six yeah. kids, and yeah. um, I was the second oldest at thirteen. So it was a massive change in our life. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to bring that up. Um, so my brothers and I pretty much didn't have a childhood after that. We were quite poor. 
Uh, been working since I was probably 13. Went to school, did yeah. my HSC, but uh, was probably uh, working from the age of 16 yeah. every Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Um, and thought the right path of getting a wife and having kids and all that yeah, uh, yeah. was the, the Catholic way. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, after a 10-year relationship, uh, my marriage fell apart. Yeah. It was quite ex- uh, public um, experience. Yeah. And um, that's when my, I suppose, my journey started. Yeah. Yeah, and this, look, it's a, as I said to you off air, it's an overwhelming story. Like, I, so many men that you meet, uh, and I sort of I talk about those, you know, that marriage separations and divorces are the the big one. And I mean, even yeah. when they're nice, they're still hard to go through. Well, I think the biggest thing for me was, um, look, I think I'm a nice guy. You know, I don't, I don't break laws. I, I'm, I'm fun. <laughs> you offered you me know? a drink when I came yeah, in the door. Yeah, that it's was all about all that. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, the biggest things for me was how what I perceived life was supposed to be, community was supposed to be. Yeah. And when Dad passed, I didn't have that, I suppose, compass. Yeah. Because yeah, then yeah. I had a lot of experiences uh, in the future that blew me away with what was happening. And, and just to probably give the audience a bit of an idea, I went through a very. Um, uh, look, I'll say it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a domestic violence um, uh, victim yeah. uh, in my in my marriage. So I had to go to the bank, St. George Bank, and I'm going to plug it because I can still remember it. And I went in there because I had a joint bank account with my, my ex. Yeah. She was ripping me dry, and I needed to close the account and start from scratch. Yeah. One of the things you learn, and I went into Borkham Hills, um, away from my bank, because I was so embarrassed, yeah, uh, went yeah. with Phil, and went to the uh, Borkham Hills, and, and, and I almost died. I walked in, and there was only women um, behind the counters, which I didn't think much about it until after what happened and I walked up it was my turn what would you want you want to do I want to um, close that account down sure types on the computer oh it's a joint bank account I said yes it is and she goes well unless the other person's here you can't close it whatever the technical term was and I said well I I need to close it because it's it's hurting me it's you can see the funds coming out of the account every time I get paid I'm losing my money and um she said, well, why, why can't the other, other person be here? And she kept pushing the agenda. And I right. said, listen, I'm, div- I'm getting divorced. It's, it's my ex-wife. And you yeah. should have seen her face. This lady's face looked at me in a particular way. And it was, it was that embarrassing. And maybe I, I, I probably absorbed a bit much than what it was. Yeah. But the taboo of uh, divorce, particularly back then, um, was all about the man doing the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and the irony of, of my experience, and the lady didn't know, but her just her natural reaction to yeah. um, you're a controlling husband that's trying yeah, to cut the ex wife, yeah, chauvinistic pig, and you know, yeah. and I worked and she didn't like all that would have been going through her mind, but what she didn't know was the circumstances, um, yeah. and and from that day onwards, life changed. I I didn't have who I thought were good friends. Mm. Uh, people I'd grown up with my whole life had disappeared. I had some siblings who probably... I actually had a, an experience with my older brother only last month when I saw him in Canberra. He works in Canberra. And uh, through a, just a simple conversation, he just stopped and looked me in the eyes and went, what? He'd learnt something about what my life was like mm. in that transition and he wasn't aware of it. Mm. That's my brother. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked away from that conversation just knowing, well, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he doesn't know my story. Mm. Now, whether he should have, could have, would have, doesn't matter. The fact is he doesn't know. Mm. And um, inter- just an interesting moment. But, uh, that domestic violence thing is something that really interests me. I Certainly part of my experience, um, my first marriage, it was certainly a... I'd say emotional and domestic violence, you know, control and manipulation, really, yeah. um, at, at the end of the day. But I think when we talk about mental health, we talk about stigma. Yep. And I think, you know, the reaction from people is, as you said, in that situation with that woman where she th- automatically thinks you're the bad guy, if you had to say, look, I'm a victim of domestic violence, mm-hmm. I think the reaction most for the most part is, but you're a bloke. So, so that moment in my life... It, it, it was required by my parents at the time, my mum and my stepfather, um, wanted to help. 
mm. didn't know how to help. Mm. Um, so we got involved with the police. Probably the worst thing I probably did because that was the next step was I've, I've gone to who I thought were the communities, um, and that's why they're called the police, I suppose. The people are supposed to protect us yeah, from yeah. crime. Yeah. And to be told by the um, sergeant, you know, you're a bloke. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing, at the time, I was pushing probably 120 kilos. The extra 60 kilos, you can handle yourself. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Mm. Um, but I, like, I won't go into the specifics of what the event was, but it's enough for if it was the other way around, I'd, I would have been in jail. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the reality of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so nobody wanted to help me out. So, and then you had Child Support Agency, and then you had uh, the Department of Child Services, and then you had. Um, the inability for me to see my kids. You know, yeah. I didn't have a relationship with my son who, who lives with me 100% today. And he's just coily out the back there. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a relationship with him, unfortunately, because he would have been one and a half when this all happened yeah. to, until he was about six years old. Yeah. I, missed, I missed that first part of his life. And that's like... And my, my best mate in the world at that moment of time was my five-year-old daughter. And yeah. we, I spent so much time with my daughter before all this had happened. Yeah. Um, Mondays were my day. I was a retail and, and Monday was my day off and yeah. it was just myself and the daughter. Yeah. And it was a beautiful relationship and then all of a sudden you don't have it. It's gone. It's taken yeah. away. Yeah. Get over it. You're a big boy. And the best interest of the children is to, to, to be with the mother. Yeah. And the sad story is, and, and uh, my children have seen, after the fact, more domestic violence, alcoholism, drugs, um, police, child, yeah. child's agency outside of my care that yeah. I'm unaware of and I'm only learning about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've slept in cars. They've, they've been thrown out of a house. All this stuff you just think you'd, you'd see it in a movie. Yeah, yeah. When I was in my own place, sitting there missing my kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, perfectly capable, perfectly, perfectly willing. And, and look, proof is in the pudding. Three years ago, a bit over three years ago now, my, my daughter pretty much said, uh, Mum, that's it. Uh, my son was, he's 17 now, so he would have been just, just before he was 14, just said, Mum, that's it. You, you, you're just not doing the right thing, boys. Dad's over there. Dad's a great dad. I want to live with Dad. Mm. And the kids haven't looked back. Um, we live in this beautiful house. There's three people. Um, mm. My daughter's 22 now, and we, we're actually on the lease together. Like, I, I couldn't want a better life than I have now. yeah. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I've, I've had to, to weather that storm. Had to go through a couple of shitty periods to get to that point. Oh, look, I, I think I'm a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just a magnet for, for crap. You've got to read across your forehead. I can see it now, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, well, I've got the makeup on top. <laughs> like, and like, look, I, I, I had a hard three years, and it was definitely a difficult time, and there's nothing, nothing was there for me uh, from 2006 to, to about just before 2009. Um, there was no one to help me out with my career. There was no one to help me out financially. At one stage, my outgoings uh, outweighed my incomings. Mm. Um, I had made a lot of money in real estate, you know, working hard for over a decade. And we had investment properties and we had to sell it at a loss. Mm. That loss, I had to take on the on the loss. And mm. I actually had to get, to get a, co- a, a commercial loan to cover the loss and have nothing to put against it. Mm. And that they say it takes ten years to get in front of the finances again for for, for guys like myself. Yeah. Um, she didn't take any of that on. Mm. Um, it, it's it's really hard. It's really hard. And then and then I ran into another relationship which blindly thought it was the best thing, but it went for ten years, and um, unfortunately, it, it ended very similar to the first one. And. Mm. And, and that's a whole other story, but... Um, so the trick is now pull up in about eight years? Is that... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's seven years, I think it is. Yeah, seven year itch. Um, yeah, we're just... just no, I think, uh, no, I think I'm wiser now. I, look, after the last one, it was it was very public. Obviously, I was running for politics at the time, and my platform was family. Uh, it was only family. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so she she uh, did what she did, and... and Mate, I was in the wilderness for a while. I was homeless again. So I've actually been homeless um, four times. Yeah. So the definition of homeless, homelessness, homelessness um, isn't that person you see on George Street in the city. The yeah. definition of homelessness is it, it, that night, a night, you don't have a bed to lie in. Yeah. And um, now that I know what I know and with what I do, the amount of particularly men 
and and women too. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've, I'm very familiar with quite a few scenarios there. Yeah. Um, there right tonight, there would probably be just in this area that I live, up to ten to fifteen blokes sitting in a car right now. Yeah. Uh, for me, I had my swag. Um, I had nowhere to go, and, and not many people know this, but I'd, I'd just go up to the Wadigans, or I'd go to a state forest somewhere where you're allowed to camp, and I'd just, you know, see a lot of world for a few days, and, yeah. um, you know, do a bit of a camp, and uh, a bit of fishing, and, and just worry about it next week. You yeah. Ha- you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting, isn't it? We, we do a bit of work around homelessness in, uh, in our organisation that I work for, and yeah, it it opened my eyes because I, mm. I did have that, I did have that vision of you know as you say the bloke on George Street or the bloke at Belmore Park yep. near Central Station there, where they're just you know they're living rough and all that sort of stuff. But you know you don't think about the mum with the little kids. No. You don't think about the dad camping in a forest. Well, the the, about... the other one was children, and and I want to talk about this because obviously you know I fought hard for my own kids. My yeah. my my last partner, her daughter went missing on the streets. Um, it, uh, and we we found her nine weeks later. Yeah. Now, because we're not a rich family, because we lived in the Blacktown local area command, yeah. no one give a shit. Yeah. And she was missing for tw- twenty four hours, then forty eight hours. There was no red. There was no uh, Amber Alert. There was no radio station helping it. And and um, and I wasn't actually living with my partner at the time because we'd uh, had a split. Um, but she come running, and um, so I went to my local member. Didn't want to know me. Went to the current sitting member. Here we go. Here's the politics. This is why I started. <laughs> Went to the federal member office, and uh, and uh, she she never responded to any of my emails. Um, I went to the local police station. Uh, how old is she? She's about to turn fourteen. Um, and the, the the facts are in in Blacktown to Penrith. It, in any week, there's up to two thousand transient kids between the age of. Um, so 12 up to 16. Um, now, 12-year-olds, it used to be back in our day, if you're 16 and missing, cops are in the cars looking for you because yeah. population population wasn't as big. Yeah. These days, the, the, the 13 and 12-year-olds and younger, the, the police have a lot of work with these kids. Yeah. Um, and now, when I say transient, I didn't say homelessness. I said transient. Yeah. So what that means is people who have run away from home um, or... Maybe they've been away from home and the parents don't know. There's a bit of that. And they actually move like a swarm. And you'll see them. I, I can show you right now where they are at, on, at Parramatta on Blacktown. And you, you'd walk in there. So on th- I think it's Thursday they do the soup kitchen at Blacktown. Go and have a look at the um, the people in that crowd there. And, and predominantly some of them are quite young people. Mm. It's this crowd. Mm. Um, you know, they're... This particular kid was, you know, had enough of, you know, parents and her, her dad had been uh, not very supportive. He'd moved into state. Mm. Um, the life was great on the run is the way they look at it. Mm. And even when we, when we did find her, she come back home. She wanted to bring six people with her so they can shower and use our washing machine. And yeah. it was just a very flamboyant life. Yeah, and almost like that, uh, like like Huckleberry Finn kind of, you know, on yeah. the run and having adventures. And, and there's a lot of them, and and, and it's really sad. And, and when I learned stories later on that, you know, she was, you know, going through Seven Hill Station, picking up cigarette butts off the ground and putting it together. My, your, your life just, you just go wow. Um, but where, where I really got disappointed was that there was no community for it. You know, so I ran, I ran my own Facebook uh, campaign. Um, I got up to mm. 50,000 people mm. reacting to it, and that's where I really got active with Facebook. I'm very active with Facebook. Um, and I actually had a drug dealer uh, let me know where she was. I actually had the address, and uh, I didn't want to go to the particular place, obviously because of how it was explained. So I went to the police, and the police didn't want to help me. Mm. And then... Um, the police station actually said, uh, Blacktown, it's not in our command. You'll have to talk to Mount Druitt because it's their responsibility. It was just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But but what happened was I got two really good mates. One's a detective at the head office of police and another good mate, he's just on, um, he's doing all right. He's a bit more than general duties down at Cogra. They were listening to me on Facebook. They were hearing my posts. And both of them, funny enough, the same day called me and just said, mate, how you going? And I spilled the beans. And um, they actually went to their commanders and asked for permission to look at the event. Mm. So everything that happens with police is is, is a, um, 
what do you call it, a CRM, you know, it's, it's created an event number. And they had a look at the event and they couldn't believe nobody was managing the event. Mm. So even with their interaction, the police station didn't respond. Um, and I thought, I've got to try something else. So I actually one night emailed maybe 50, and no word of lie, 50 personalities, radio stations, police, mm. police everyone, and uh, also, um, you wouldn't believe it, the only person that responded was a politician and not in my area mm. and uh, and I'll give him a plug and, and not many people might know him but uh, Mr Connolly out at uh, Riverston state mm. member yep. just happens to be a, a, a great um, parent himself big mm. you know kids worked within schools within the next morning so I would have sent that maybe midnight mm. so they've they've woken up gone to work seen my email they they basically wrote to the um, the Minister of Police, and handed the letter in Parliament the next day for me. Mm-hmm. And that's when start, stuff started to roll. Yeah. And then I started to realise the importance of, of Parliament and the Minister going to the um, Chief of Police. And it was only then that I started getting action. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you want to know why I sort of started in politics, yeah, I've got the mental health and, and men and stuff, but... Yeah. That that was a game changer. So for, for you, me. it was just about recognizing how much change you could affect at that level. You know, the, yeah. the, if you were gonna, you have had to effectively play the game. Like if you're gonna, yeah, you gotta, you've gotta, and, and this is where I think I, I want to, you know, help people in in the future in my community is you have got to know the process. It's just process. Yeah, yeah. Everyone cares. Like everyone, if you tell someone this story, they'll hear my story today and they go, "Shit, he's seen a lot." And they'll, they'll care. They'll, they'll honestly human being, yeah. but but he's all right now, so he's okay. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the crunch, you, you jump in front of a crisis of some sort. Yeah. What's the first step? Yeah. And and in most cases, you know, and I, and I'm going to use the term gender based men because I'm a man. Yeah. Um, you, you uh, most blokes probably haven't dealt with the police in any other level other than a speeding ticket. Mm. They haven't dealt with crime. They haven't mm. been in front of a magistrate. They haven't um, had a law firm other than buying a house. Mm. Um, they, they haven't had legal terms. They haven't mm. had to have um, representation. Mm. And they've, they've never really had a moment where society's th- said to them, you are this, mm. until proven innocent because yeah, yeah. that's how it is yeah. um, so I'm guilty uh, I'm guilty of divorce I'm guilty of a separation I'm guilty because I don't have my kids mm. but you've got to prove yourself mm. um, and that's the real problem is education mm. we don't teach um, in schools anything about any of that stuff no no you know we don't teach law we don't teach um, you know, election processes we don't teach we don't even teach how to hold a bank account you know, and, and that's it's really sad. Yeah, that's uh, and that's you see that from time to time on Facebook. You know, we don't teach kids how to do taxes and yeah. some of these really realistic things that you know, not every kid's going to be a doctor, not every kid's going to be a lawyer. No, you know, look, I've been a manager in retail for thirty years, mm. so you can imagine. You know, when I was a store manager, my biggest stores, whether it's supermarket or when I was in consumer electronics, I'd have a hundred and hundred and sixty staff. Mm. I wasn't I wasn't teaching my people about the product. Mm. I had resources for that. They're called supplies. Mm. I was teaching them life skills. Mm. I was teaching them how to turn up and how to make the most out of the job, goal setting. Um, you know, they they find a partner, getting married. Mm. You know, had a, had a, you know, I, I ran into one of them, one of my employees from the nineties just the other week, and he's I think he's got three houses now. Mm. You know, just from listening to myself and a couple other managers at the time about real estate. Mm. Mm. And I didn't realise at the time that was so influential on uh, young John, but uh, he's doing better than me, you know. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> so, I wish I'd listened to that advice. Yeah, <laughs> I wish yeah, I'd so, have paid attention to myself back then. Um, so all of these all of these experiences, and we talked touched on this off air, and, and I, for me, this is a really timely conversation because I've been having lots of conversations recently with men that talk about, bad breakups, talk about being separated from their kids, talk about, and particularly, and, and I'm going to make a reasonably general statement here, but I, I, I honestly believe this is the truth, particularly the man that finds himself in that situation and there isn't, doesn't have the first clue on how to manage that, deal with that, yep. what that looks like, um, you know, the guy who has to go in, as you say, go into a court of law and he's never dealt with the law before, but all of a sudden... 
he's standing in front of a, a judge who's saying, well, you know, this breakup, this has happened, and we're going to, you know, we're going to, the kids are going to go and live with the mum, and you'll get to see him once a fortnight, and what that does to his mental health and those yep. sorts of things. Your These experiences that you had in your life building up to that kind of led... Yeah, look, the, the best know. advice I ever got, funny enough, was from that same brother who didn't know what I was going through. Mm. But, you know, being a military boy, he, he got his um, service award the year before last. He's got a CSC. So it's basically the equivalent of OEM, and we're very proud of him. But he said to me, um, you'd seen me not doing well probably around 2006, and you just said, listen, I don't understand what, what you're going through, but she's trying to win these little battles. Mm. Um, it's not about that, mate. It's about war. Mm. And at the time, you know, my older brother, you know, he's an officer. You know, I used to call him Major Payne because he was a major. Um, if you know your movies, Good you know movie. why. Good yeah. movie, that one. Um, yeah, so, it, look, he, he had a point. He really did. And it really resonated. And I, I use this all the time. I, look, I, I deal with a lot of dads and have for yeah. quite a few years now, yeah. um, directly and indirectly. And the, the biggest thing is for men is we, we're different to women. And I hate to tell you this, but men and men and women. Newsflash, folks. Newsflash. News flash. Um, <laughs> and if I if I could get into the New South Wales school curriculum, I'd fix up the uh, year eleven uh, tests uh, that my son just had to do because it's all about anyway. That's another topic. <laughs> um, but the, the thing is, men need to really take a step back, and it's almost. And you might hear people say, "You've got to treat it like a business," and it's not like a business. But you almost have to treat it like yeah. a business. You need to think about. What's the game plan? Yeah. You know, if you if you're a footy player, what's the, what's the you, you don't just walk on a football field and throw a ball around. You yeah. you train and you work out what, what are you going to do and you you analyse your your opposition. Yeah. If you're getting in the semis, you go and watch the other guys play. You know, yeah. and I love sporting analogies. Cricket's the same. I played cricket. I played outdoor cricket for a decade and indoor cricket for yeah. almost uh, thirty years. You, you 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 watch what they're doing. Yeah. And what's the outcome? So my advice to dads are is just stop. Yeah. Just stop for a second and think about, rightio, this this Father's Day, and I know you were talking about Father's Day the other week, um, yeah. this Father's Day will be different, yeah. but what do you want Father's Day to look like in 20 years' time? Yeah. You know, how do you want to be with your kids when they really need you, when they are 16, 17 and 18? Yeah. That's the goal. And it really hit home for me with my daughter, and she, she would share the story. She's doing it, She had done an apprenticeship with hairdressing, worked for a terrible employer, they were ripping her off in the first year, underpaying her. Yeah. And when we when we challenged it, she got a ten grand pay rise, or uh, you know back pay. Mm. And then the second year they did it again. But I always let her fight her own battles. But it got really nasty. Mm. And the second year they owed her fourteen grand. And we think about it, an apprentice how much they actually earn. Like that's a lot of money. Yeah. But. It got to a stage where she just couldn't fight that battle against a big, big company anymore. Yeah. And and I just, I thought to myself, I'm going to step in. And it was at Parramatta Westfields. And I and I just rocked up one afternoon and, she, and I could see her working away with all her colleagues. Right. And I walk in and, and her face of, she she goes, oh shit, dad's here. Um, <laughs> but but the thing is, I'd, I was there to fight for my, for my girl, my daughter. And the yeah. whole point being is, that's the moment. Over the last eighteen years, at the time that she needed me, yeah, and it was the right time because I was just there waiting to be the right dad, yeah, um, you know. And, and I walked in, and we pulled across the area manager, and she will tell the story that the the area manager of this business I had in tears within ten minutes, yeah. had the person uh, apologise to her, and um, built a um, training plan to uh, get her across the line because <laughs> there's my retail coming out of me, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's the goal. That's the war. Yeah. You know, you, you get old and you think, well, I want a relationship with my kids for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, how do you, what's step one? So what's step one? Step one is, first and foremost, is talk to someone. Yeah. Now, this is the other bit of advice I also give is everyone around you loves you. Yeah. And they want to help you. Parents want to be there for you like I do my kids. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're right. Yeah. It doesn't mean um, they actually know the answer, but yeah. they want to. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and don't run on someone's advice. Yeah. So if someone says watch out for that legal issue, you don't go and see a mechanic. Yeah. Go and see a lawyer. Yeah. Watch out for that financial issue. Right? Don't go see the doctor. You go and see an accountant. Yeah. 
Mm. You start learning. If you're talking about family law, go and learn the law. It's there. Google it. Yeah. Just type in Family Law Act of 1975. It's there. Read it. Yep. It's black and white, and it is not actually gender bias. No. That changed a few years ago. When my story started, it was gender bias. Yeah. That got changed. The interpretation of it is gender bias, um, and boy, oh boy, do I, I've had a lot of arguments about that one. But mm. um, the reality is, if, you, if you're going to dive into anything in life, go and, go and learn the facts. Yeah. Is yeah. the only advice I'll ever give anyone, because the th- steps that I took to get through what I went through isn't what you need to do. Yeah. Your situation's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, you didn't have my ex. You've got your own ex. You know? <laughs> she might be very well similar to my yeah, ex. <laughs> yeah. Come from the same uh, mould. <laughs> Actually, it might be It might be your ex. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> your ex named Bernadette? No. Um, and I think um, what we do, and look, I just, um, full disclosure, I, I work quite closely with another group on Facebook. Um, there's actually two groups in the Hills District. They actually compete against each other. Um, Hills District Dads is a group of guys. Uh, there's eight, eight, eight admins there, and, and right. the group has 80% interaction from 5,100 members. Wow. And they get sponsored by uh, Facebook. They get sponsored by Casa Hill RSL, awesome mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do um, monthly catch-ups. So it has no agenda where we get sponsored by the Hills Shire. Mm. They give us a room over there at, at council and um, Facebook pays for the nibblies and uh, we rock up all walks of life. Could be eight guys there one time. The biggest room I think they've had is 40, 40 men at one night. Yeah. Um, and, and basically sometimes it's just talking about finances. Sometimes someone needs a hand with their business. Sometimes it's a plumbing issue. Mm. And it's it's amazing how a bunch of blokes can just walk into a room and uh, just talk, you know. It's it's a room, four walls, nothing gets spoken outside of the room. Mm. Once a month, if you've got an issue, rock up. Mm. Um, it's been fantastic. And, and on top of that, we, we before COVID, we were doing once a month um, brisket and beers up at Castle Hill RSL, which yep. is uh, sponsored by Castle Hill RSL. Um, and we had a Christmas party. We think it was 87 or 90 blokes turn up for a Christmas party. Mm. It was billiard table, yeah. uh, band was playing. Like, It's just everyone's busy. And everyone uh, has family and kids and beautiful wife and all that stuff. But what about me? Mm. And it gives guys just the ability to go to something formal. Mm. No disrespect to their partners, but they need their own time. Yeah. And, and just sit in the room and we're blokes. As I said off here, to me the connection part of it is so important. Yeah. And what I'm what I'm what's in my head as you're talking about that is potentially there's let's say there's eighty men. Potentially there's forty men in that room that are dealing with what we were talking about before. Marriage breakup, feeling alone, feeling like I'm the only one, possibly some domestic violence stuff. I can't admit that to anyone. But when that man stands in a room and has someone else say, This is my story, he sits there and goes, I'm not alone. Yeah, and and what we've done is we've created we've created uh, a comfort zone, mm. so people get known. And if you're a small business owner and you've got an issue with a small business, you're going to see some other small business owners talk about certain topics yeah. in this open forum, and yeah. you know that you can go, you know, sit up beside that bloke and have that hard conversation. Hey, yeah. mate, can you help me? I'm struggling. Yeah, um, I, I happen to be one of many, but I happen to be the guy you go to if you. Get separation, or, or you, you get turfed out of the house, or yeah. um, you're homeless, or um, definitely we've got, we've got a um, family law night coming up. Yeah. Um, so I've got a mate of mine who's a family solicitor, yeah. and the RSL's um, given us a room and very simple environment. It's specific. People turn up, listen to uh, simple processes and you know strategy around family law, and then you got a question, ask the question. Yeah. Really good room. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's the most complex one. My, my experience has certainly been, had, you know, an issue quite a few years ago now where I had to, you know, had a, the ex was flaunting the court orders. And, um, you know, the thing I found, and I said this to somebody, you know, it's all, there, there was no mechanism in place for me. Mm-hmm. If I went to the coppers, uh, uh, you know, similar to the story with you, uh, the, the young lady you were talking about before, if I go to the coppers, they go, yep, no one's dying, mate. 
yep, I can't deal. We can't deal with this. Um, although it's a federal issue because it's a court order, you know. If I if, if if I hear one more time a New South Wales police officer say to a man, "Mate, deal with the family courts on Monday," you mm. know, and 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 people go, "Oh yeah, well, Graham, come on." No, um, I, the other week I had a dad who's a single sole parent of two yep. beautiful boys under six. Their mother is is been in and out of mental institutions, can't pay her bills, welfare. All that stuff. She's she's just a, she's just a very challenging individual, and because she'd been into a new um, refuge, her counsellor in the refuge heard some trigger words about the way the pa- the father treats the boys. Mm. Um, a welfare check's been created on this dad. Yeah, beautiful dad, right? Yeah. Next thing he's got cops at on his doorstep at eleven o'clock at night doing welfare checks. Yeah. Now that's my whole point: is what human being is used to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and then and then she comes and steals one of the kids, not both of them. So he, what kind of parents is just grabs one of the kids and takes him away for two weeks. Mm. So we went down to the police station and the police basically said, go to the law courts on Monday. Mm. But hang on, there's a kid missing. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have $10,000 to engage a lawyer. No, no. Yeah. And the next thing we know, um, seven police pushed him out of the police station and next thing he gets arrested for... Um, you know, trespassing on private property and language p- towards police and uh, uh, resisting arrest, and he got thrown on the slammer for three hours. Mm. That's that's what guys in Sydney are dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, so my message uh, in regards to uh, even himself is you just need to sit back and think about, was that the right step? Am mm. I going to get anything out of that? Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, definitely tough. Yeah. And that... that, that like I said to you, that that experience for me was, you know, well, really this system, like, sucks. Like, yeah. it's really broken. Because unless you've got, as you say, the single... I'm, I don't earn massive amounts of money. I don't have huge amounts of, you know, capital behind me. Um, but I've probably spent 10 grand on court costs. Mm-hmm. Easy. And, and really actually didn't get an outcome at the end of it. Um, and still have an ex-wife that pretty much flaunts the... The rules when she wants to, yeah. Um, and, and again, though, there's still no mechanism in place for me to go. This is happening. Can you help me? And that's that probably brings this conversation together. Is that's that's the idea we've got. Is there's actually a lot of support services out there already. Yeah. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. They do exist. Yeah. But even they don't know how to get to the people that actually need it. Yeah. Um, we've got our fingers in the pie. We actually front line. We, we're seeing these families. Um, dealing with, you know, whether it is domestic violence. And and keep in mind last year, and I'll I'll throw a stat, 360,000 breaches or AVO applications were made. And only 64,000 of them were actually proven in court to be truthful. So all the others was a mechanism, a process to slow down um, family law process. Um, it's, It's terrible. Yeah. And then, and because you're, and, and, and you know, I've just, I've just done a petition to uh, federal court, um, which is I got five. I only, and this is the other thing that upsets me. I got five hundred and seven Australians sign up to my federal petition, and I'll explain the petition. So there's this. Uh, I'm going to use a word, a mongrel out there. He's a private investigator, and he, and he, 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 he scrapes websites. So he scrapes the law courts website every day. So if Graham gets taken to court by my ex mm. and she's applied for a, a AVO or whatever you want to call it, it, it comes up to show the matter of the day. He scrapes that and the data he has suggests that I'm actually a perpetrator of domestic violence. Mm. So he actually advertises on a website that Graham McFarlane has got, and it might be that moment in time, or I might have been there two other times where yeah. she's accused me for, for thing, yeah. and, and it might have been resolved in the... And the judge threw it out in the first 10 seconds of that hearing yeah. as a fraudulent thing or the police had an opinion, but the opinion was wrong. Yeah. But he keeps that information yeah. and it's public information. Mm. So I've gone to Parliament saying, hey, that's not right. That is, um, you know, you should, be, you should be innocent to proven guilty. Mm. And I went to, the, went to the community with it and I know how many people have um, looked at my campaign and I'm talking 50,000 plus people. Mm. And I had a 507 people sign the federal uh, petition, which is the only, by the way, the only petition process federally you can actually use is on the federal 
parliament website. Mm. So change.org, forget about it. Mm. doesn't work. So mm. people think that those things have a mechanism in life. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Um, New South Wales Constitution actually says that you can only have signatures to a, um, a petition mm. from people that live inside the area that you're uh, residing, and it has to be done in handwritten forms and presented to by your member to parliament on your behalf. So if you think change.org is going to help you at all, it, it's yeah. it's not seen. It's not a. It's not a. You can't use it as evidence. No, no. Yeah. So, um, so this guy's in in another state, and people unfortunately are losing jobs because or government contracts because mm. it's perceived that they've got a domestic violence um, background, mm. and it is gender orientated because we've actually with a few of our solicitors we've actually had a look at it, and uh, the cases that we know have been through court convicted jail time females are not on that list right it's just there for a specific reason there's men right we, we anyone figured out what this bloke's i know his name i know for? where he lives i know his business number i know his abn number and guess what nobody wants to touch it because guess where the lawyers get their information from yeah. guess where the private investigators get their information from yeah um politicians don't want to touch it because yeah. politicians have got a three-year or four-year cycle, and it's like a bomb. Yeah. That's right. I'll, I'll do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to lose, mate. Yeah, you went. Uh, and this is actually this is actually my I think it's my fourth petition now gone through. Um, I'm I'm actually the the, the ghostwriter for um, a, a guy named Jock Power Freeman. I don't know if you've ever heard his name before. So Sounds Jock was familiar. the yeah, he was the young fella from the northern beaches that got stuck in Bulgaria. And um, he was trying to help two gypsy guys. Yes. And through the kerfuffle between him, the two gypsy guys, he was helping. And I think it was eight or ten um, hooligans. That's right. um, one of them died. And Jock was uh, convicted for murder. Uh, and he's done 12 years. He's still stuck over there. And, and I actually do talk to him online. Now, he didn't know I existed till about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and I've petitioned um, government, but Australian government doesn't have any... Any dealings with Bulgaria, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I'm all about, you know, start the noise. Yeah. Keep shaking the tree. Yeah. And something good will come from it. Yeah. Yep. Coming back to what you were saying before about the services and supports are out there. Really, I, I guess what I took from our conversation earlier was that part of your role is being the the connector between. So the guy that comes and says what do I do, Yep. and saying to this guy, well, okay, there's this, 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 and this, start there. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and yeah, here. so I think I, I think I look back myself, and I, look, it's not just me, I've got, I got colleagues that yeah. help out, we're all volunteers. Yeah, yeah. I've got a day job, this is what I say to everyone, I've got a day job, this is what I do when I'm not at work. Yeah. Um, we, we've all remember that moment when there was nothing there for us, mm. and, and every night I think about it. You know, what if when I was having that lonely moment, I was on the liquor by myself, I hadn't seen anyone outside of work for mm. weeks, mm. no one had called me, everyone still loves me, I was very, um, I'm a very, what, how would you say it politely, uh, I get along with a lot of people, you know, I've got a big network of people just because that's just who I am, but, yeah. but when I was falling over, when I needed people, there was no one, Yeah, you know, and what was the trigger and, and what could have been a solution? Um, and, and I think about 2017, 2018, I, just, I started questioning, okay, my story's almost over. My kids are getting older. Mm. Don't really care about uh, women anymore because they've been nothing but grief. Mm. But keep in mind, I've got a fantastic partner today. <laughs> um, if she's she'll, listening she'll, to she's this. Listening. <laughs> um, and, and, and look, uh, without saying too much about her, everyone in my life, adores her and I, I hope she's listening yeah. to that um i think what what i started to do was question where you know if i think back to my dad and what he used to do in the community um you know dad dad's best mate was the bishop you know like yeah. that's who these guys were and yeah. where's the missing link and so i, I actually I'm a, I'm a family law advocate i'm going to say that proudly and, yeah. and i actually stood outside Parramatta law courts many times right. so i was a poor bugger standing in the sun had a little sign beside me I was with a group that I thought was the, you know, the solution to all of this stuff. Um, 
but it wasn't about the group. It was me, a person standing yeah. there. And, 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 and I tell you, it's so humbling when people are walking into this place. They actually think they're going to court and everything's going to be solved that day. Yeah, no. But what they don't realise is this is just day one of four years or day one of 10 years or, mm. or this is the first $2,000 they're going to spend before they spend $60,000, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and when they walk out, I'm seeing grown men cry. Yeah. Parents, new partners crying. It, it, it's not about just men. It's about the whole family and nucleus not being able to see those kids. Yeah. It's just um Yeah, it's, it's grandparents, it's aunties and uncles. Yeah. It's, you know, my experience and similar to yours, I'm assuming, you know, is having to plan family get togethers around when I have the kids. Yep. You know, because I can't go to the ex and go, Oh look, dad's up on Saturday can no, no, that doesn't work. You do it when And it's nothing worse as that parent and this is what I really struggled with, is I come from a very big family. Yeah. You know, and um, even my stepfather's family is bigger than my family. It's just I think it's just Irish didn't have TVs. Yeah. Um, and and you'd go to a family gig, and if it wasn't your week with the kids, you'd rock up by yourself. Yeah. And nothing cut more than seeing your your beautiful brothers and sisters and their kids, and yeah. um, having a good time with their children and the aunties, and everyone's in everyone's in the mode of just being their normal people, normal yeah. life. Yeah. But you're not normal. Yeah, you're different because you don't have your kids. What, what conversation? Are, and, and, and people actually stop talking to you because they don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's the the, the part of her. I've actually got a brother that lives. You would have just four hundred meters from here, and and he was one of those people who couldn't deal with my story. Yeah. Um. And he was my best mate beforehand. And yeah. Um. The the reality is, people sometimes. I, I don't know how to put it into words. Is they're not being uh, mean. Yeah. They're not being uh, disrespectful. Yeah. They they themselves don't know how to have a conversation. And that 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 point took me 15 years to understand. What you said before actually resonates with me and I went there as well when you said it was they love you. Yep. But they don't know how to help you. No. And they don't know how to I I, I always use the analogy of physical health and mental health as well, mm. right? Um I love watching Dr. Pimple Popper. Right, love that shit. Love the things coming out. Yeah. My wife can't stand looking at it. Gross. And I, <laughs> yeah, can't, hates it. Like I got a six-year-old. My six-year-old daughter loves it as well. Sit there and watch it. I think it's the same with the mental health conversation. Yep. We can have that conversation because we've been there and, and we're you know yep no problem at all. Someone else, I, I can't deal with this. I can't manage it. I can't cope with it. It's too rough. It's too hard. It's too. It's gross. I can't do it. And it's like there's, there'll be two types of people listening today just on this topic. Um, the ones that have lived it and the ones that lived around it. Mm. Now, my advice to the people that lived around it is don't analyse it. Mm. Just be there. Yeah. You know, look, I would have loved to have been at these family do's and there was many of them. And, we've, and, and I've got some uncles and aunties that I love to death and mm. they just don't get it. I don't want to talk about my kids. I don't want to talk about my ex. I don't want to talk about mm-hmm. all that stuff. I want to talk about the football. I want to talk about challenges of work. I want to talk about... Normal stuff. I lost a real. I lost a really good mate because a lot of our conversation. He actually lived next door to Max, and a lot of our conversations were were focused around what she was doing, and yeah. I couldn't keep doing it. Like I just no. couldn't keep. I could not keep having the conversation. And, and I don't blame those people because no. I I personally look. I they think they're helping. They, yeah. they, they think they're, they're doing it. Look, I you know, and I and I play this role. I think I play. I think I do. I don't know. I, mm. I think I play this role where. People can just can send me a quiet message and just say, "Hey, um, this is my situation. What's your thoughts?" And I'm big on responding to. Them. I think it's important you respond to them. Mm. But I think what I try to do very quickly is put solutions in play. Mm. You know, I, I had a. I'll give you a visual and then an, an, an outcome of what we do is. I had a dad who was living in the fifth bedroom in a house on a mattress, no furniture, mm. and just a pillow and a doona, while his ex was in the main bedroom living all up. She was his accountant. He was running a business. He was driving a 1988 um, ute. She mm. was driving a brand new Lexus. Mm. Um, she controlled this bloke financially. Yeah. And it wasn't until he saw something I had done uh, online, which, um, you know, this is why I, I fight, is within within 24 hours, I was having a coffee with him at a coffee shop because mm. that's what I do. I said, mate, mm. just, just let's have a chat. And before I got there, I'd, I'd worked out what he actually needed got into the community that we've got 
mm. put the word out, this is what we need, who, who can help with this, this, and this. One of them mm. happened to be accommodation. The other one happened to be furniture. The other one happened to be food. Just some real basic stuff. Mm. And I met up at Borkham Hills, and we I probably shouldn't say too much, but we met up, and, and he told me his story, and I said, mate, it's all right. And he just looked at me and goes, but, but this, this, this. And I said, mate, it, everything's fine. Mm. We're going to solve this. Mm. He goes, you, you, don't, you can't go back to that room tonight. And he said, why not? Where am I going to go? And I said, because I've got another room for you. Mm. You're going to go sleep at this place for the next couple of weeks. And then that's step one. And then we're going to work out your finances and, and get a new accountant. And that's step two. And work out what's your relationship going to look like with your, with your kids. And we talked mm. about his kids for a while. Um, we called that uh, person that was going to help him out with uh, accommodation that night and he actually drove to that place, didn't mm. go back home. Mm. And within within three weeks, he, he got him, felt empowered because I'd taken so much pressure off him of what ifs. Mm. And he was able then to, we, we got him in front of some real estate agents and he actually found a really nice place by himself just using the mechanisms uh, mm. nearby. And it was a granny flat that had two bedrooms, uh, three bedrooms, just a little small thing. And um, I said, right, yeah, awesome. When do you move in on this day? So what do you need? Mm. He goes, I've got nothing. I said, awesome. So what, do you want a double or a queen bed? He goes, uh, what, what size TV do you like? And he, was just, he thought I was being funny, but within, <laughs> within a couple of weeks, we filled that house. Yeah. And it was gifted by generous people in the community because people are very generous. They just don't know how to be generous. Yeah, yeah. And I think what we can do is be that conduit, whether it's a physical thing like a fridge mm. or it's a service to deal with something you're struggling with. Mm. It doesn't have to be about separation and that. It could be just you're a bloke with, with anxiety or, or you, mm. you know, how do I actually go and see a psychologist? It's fantastic to go see a psychologist, mm. but how do I start that? Well, government will pay for the first six sessions for free. Yeah, go and see your doctor. Just go and see your doctor. And if I can just get... Get, I was with a mate today. He was talking about an ailment three weeks ago, but because the ailment's gone, he's not going to go do anything about it. And mm. I said, mate, just go and talk to your doctor. And he goes, mm. yeah, when, it come, when the ailment comes back, I'll go. I said, no, mm. go and see him tomorrow. Mm. Are you doing anything tomorrow? Mm. Are you busy at 10 o'clock? Like, yeah. You just have that positive conversation and just get him in front of. Yeah. What What's funny, though, is, um, and, and, I, and I don't know how to go down this, this part, is I'm just Graham McFarlane. That's, just, that's who I am. Yeah. Right. I've done all this stuff. I've had all these experiences, but I'm I'm struggling to get a lot of cut through with people uh, gifting because I'm not an organisation. Yeah. I'm not a charity. No, I'm not a tax deduction. Mm. It's actually quite funny since COVID started that um, everyone was thinking domestic violence and all this and stats. And mm. I was listening to radio. There's all these stats, but no, there's been no statistics. Statistics are a year to two years old. How could you know mm. how much has happened? Well, I've actually, I've actually had multiple charities reach out to me as an individual saying, how can we help? Mm. But the problem they've got is I'm not an entity. Mm. Now, I need to be an entity to show whether they've put those funds so yeah. that they get their funding for the next year. Yeah. And remember we talked about earlier about process? Mm. It's like a game. Yeah. You've just got to learn the rules. Yeah. Uh, well, that's okay. So, so three weeks ago, I sat in front of a couple of my mates. Well, we need an entity. What's it going to look like? Mm. My cousin's a wordsmith. He's trying to work out stuff. And, and I almost got it wrong. I almost called it dads because I help a lot of dads. Mm. But I'm sick of this gender thing. Mm. So it's just family, mm. just family assistance. So we've got an entity now. Give me some stuff I can give to people. You know? <laughs> um, I, it, we go in the garage right now, mate. I've got four mattresses sitting there right now ready to go. Two will go out next week. Yeah. It's just who we are. I always say to people, I, I similar story, I, I furnished a two-bedroom unit simply by putting a thing on Facebook and saying, if you've got anything you're not using anymore, I'll take it. Lounges. Uh, a friend had just redone their whole lounge room, so yeah. I had a coffee table, a TV unit, a bookcase. A but you're 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 buffet and you're an outgoing guy, and and that for yeah. you that would mean um, people are going to help me out if I ask them, right? Yeah, and people will. Yeah. But what I'm noticing is um, guys don't like to ask that question, yeah. right? Yeah. And that and that's just the reality. Yeah. That's And and I tell you what, that's never going to change. No. So stop trying to change it. So. In our in, in, in Hills District Dads and also the other other group, mm. they do an anonymous post. Mm. So the admins have set it up so that 
I could be a, I could be Johnny Smith, and I've got this issue, and I send a message off to the anonymous email address, mm-hmm. and it keeps me anonymous. Mm. They grab my message and they put it up as a post as anonymous, and then mm. the community responds to it. Yeah, um, it's been so successful. Mm. So these guys can can get support without the community knowing they're the guy that needed that fridge right. or they're the guy. I had a guy that needed a fridge the other week. He just yeah. needed a fridge because. He, he sourced everything himself, but he was just sick of asking people for help. Yeah. Um, well, then I just got on. He's got a fridge. Someone else had a fridge. Um, and I actually just got person A to go to person B, and, and he picked up the fridge. Yeah. And I think that's the answer, yeah. you know. Mate, it's connection. I'm convinced it's connection. And yeah. it is, like I said, you know, it is that the guy that goes, who the hell do I talk to? There's your group. You can put the message out there. And within an hour... The bloke's got a fridge or, you know, a bed or a lounge or somewhere for his well, kid to sleep. There's, there's other services. Um, this one will make you laugh. I had a dad who who had um, child services or whatever, facts or whatever they call themselves now, mm-hmm. come out and do a full investigation mm-hmm. about him being a sole parent. Mm-hmm. Like, they were hell-bent trying to find something wrong with the guy. Mm-hmm. And the message I had for him is embrace it. They're coming to your house and they are... They are looking for dust behind the TV, mate. This is how this is how they are. Yeah. But it's a process, and embrace it. So what actually happened is because of his positive attitude. Now this is a guy that has a forty-eight page family plan with his ex-wife. Yeah. Plans usually fifteen pages. Yeah, right. So he's a good guy, and and the, this is all happening to him. And I just, and I just said, and he and he sort of came to the conclusion. I'm just gonna embrace the experience. Next thing. The the um I don't know what they call themselves the person from Facts comes out next thing she's suggesting courses that he can do now he's a, he's a young dad he, he needs to learn how to be a dad like we still need to learn how to be a dad you don't yeah. just get the badge no. and there's all these there's actually all these um, services out there that can help him but these services don't know where these dads are mm. they actually don't know how to communicate with them mm. and that's where um family crisis come about and we just thought well. If we get to know the services, I don't care about, you know, putting bums on seats. I just care about, well, you, you need to help that bloke. He needs your help. Yeah. Can he come? Can he call you? He's a guy. Yeah. yeah. You, you need your KPI for this one? There he is. Yeah. <laughs> He's there, you know. Just yeah. keeping it real simple. Yeah. Well, I had a dad the other day. Well, I was down at Greystone's coffee shop. I think my thing's coffee shops, by the way. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Completely can't understandable. At, can't be at the pub, you know. <laughs> Pubs don't work. Cause no. that's Yeah, that's social. <laughs> and, he, and and just listening to him and, and he's you know he's got a lot of challenges and he's his ex moved interstate and all this sort of stuff and I said well you just need some advice mate yeah. you need an accountant and you need a, a solicitor have you got one no nah. I had one but they took twenty grand I got nothing out of it right here you just need a good one he goes yeah, yeah. I said I'll get you a good one yeah and that's it yeah just navigating that minefield yep 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 so real quickly before we go when. I want to touch on what you did to manage your mental health through that process. What what worked for you? Which bit? Your breakups and your kind of coming yep. back and, and getting back to the Graham that we see today. I think um, I think everybody knows who they are is my theory in life. You know who you are. You know what makes you happy and you know what you like to do. Mm. And it might be physical things like going for a fish or whatever. Mm. But you know how you... You know what it's like to be comfortable in your skin. At some point of time in your life, you know what that's like. Mm. Well, if you're not in that place right now, make a decision to get back to it. And do the things that you need to do. And to do get the things you need to do. And I've done them. I've done everything I think I've needed to do, uh, including being a politician, uh, to, to jump out there and, um, um, you know, so that when I, when I do lay my head down one day, mate, and I can just say to myself, I, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I've done everything I've think i've wanted to do yeah um yeah so last last question you've had a bad day you're feeling a bit shit mental health's not so great what you go to what's the thing you do to, to get yourself back up i feel like it's going to be a go to a coffee shop <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah coffee shop's a good one because there's nothing better than sitting back drinking a coffee and you don't have to engage with anyone yep. but there's people around you and you can just watch the world go by yep um for me it's nature yep I'm, I was brought up camping. Um, I travel a lot with work, mm. and 
I, I go all over New South Wales. And if, if anyone's worried about not traveling overseas, do yourself a favor. Get out to the country in New South Wales. Yep. There's some beautiful places. And I've been on the road doing that for a good part of a couple of decades, and I still don't think I've seen everything. No. Um, for me, is I'm having a bad day. I'm coming back from Orange. Um, it's, a, it's a three and a bit hour drive. I'll pull over at um, uh, Mount Banks, my favourite place in the world, mm-hmm. on uh, in the um, Blue Mountains between uh, Lithgow and North Richmond. And there's a lookout there. And I tell you what, you just sit there and you just stop. No phone, nothing. Yep. And I just watch that sunset setting in and you just go... This is this is life. This is yeah. what what it's all about. It's I think that's that's my place. Watching the sunset. Yeah. Now let's give the new entity a plug before we go. New entity. Um, yeah. Family crisis dot support. Yep. Um, so yeah. yeah. Why not? Uh, look, there's about six charities attached to that already. Um, so the idea being is just going forward. It's just going to be a platform to keep things simple. Yep. Ask a question. What what is it you need? And uh, someone in the team will just direct you. Very simple. Oh, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? There's a blog that's just started. Uh, it's, it's me. I've done too. Um, <laughs> the idea the idea of the blogs that have used to be very topical. Um, quickly, you've got this issue, go there. Yeah. All right. So if anyone wants, it's on Facebook. Uh, the, the web page is actually, I found a really cool uh, web name, which is just familycrisis.support. So Google that. Google that. You can find us. Thanks, mate. Thank you, my friend. Hi, folks. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our podcast. Uh, Before I go, could I please ask uh, just a couple of small favours? Number one, uh, we would very much, as we said at the start, love for you to review this podcast. And, of course, please share this podcast. Um, the reviews help us to uh, help other people to see what this podcast is about. And, of course, the sharing helps us to get our message out there. We don't have any money, so we're really relying on uh, social media to be able to spread this message. Uh, equally, if you listen to this podcast, now we do a warning at the start, but if you listen to this podcast and anything uh, triggered for you or it made you think about your own mental health or well-being or someone who you love's mental health or well-being, please uh, take steps to help to either manage that yourself or to support someone to manage their mental health. Uh, if you do feel like you are need to talk to somebody uh, and you can't talk to friends or family, please go and see your GP, or of course you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Men's Line Australia on 1300 789978. Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or of course the Kids Helpline on 1800 551800. If you or someone that you love is in immediate danger, please call triple O. Uh, but at the very least... Please um, find a way to manage your mental health and your mental health conditions and please support the people that you love to manage their mental health and mental health conditions. And again, if something you've heard today triggers for you, please go and seek um, some support uh, immediately to manage your mental health condition, whether that's one of the helplines we just mentioned or the GP. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.